My friends, come, let's gather together in the word of the Lord for a time of, of hearing this word speak to us in the relevance of these days and our life together. If you have your Bibles with you, I would invite you to turn to the gospel reading today from the Apostle Luke in chapter 24, this familiar text to us following the Lord's resurrection when we join with these two disciples traveling on their way to Emmaus. I don't know if it was the day, April 26th, as it is for us, when these two disciples back in 33 AD were walking along the road to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, talking about the events of this, what we know of the resurrection weekend, Easter weekend, and Jesus coming back to life. I don't know what the date was. Sometime around 33 AD, Let's surmise that it was this particular date of April 26th, for instance. You know that I'm a, a history buff. I enjoy uh, history. And so I wanted to, 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 to put some context into these disciples walking along the road to Demaeus, uh, Emmaus, our lives as well, and to other Christians gone on before us of what's gone on on past April 26ths. This date will go down in, in history for us years from now as one of the weekends, the Easter celebration that was marked by the coronavirus, COVID-19. But did you know that in 1521, on this date, April 26, 1521, a man by the name of Martin Luther left the called assembly, it was a meeting, a diet they called it, in the city of Worms in Germany, called by the Holy Roman Empire, convened to determine how the political and religious authorities should respond to Martin Luther's teachings. Those 95 theses which he had nailed up on the church in Wittenberg or later, or earlier in October. And Martin Luther was, was called, traveling not down the road of Emmaus, but within Germany to the city of Worms. Wondering what was going to happen from this diet, this assembly. What would happen to him and, and to the truths that he was espousing. In 1847, on this day of April 26, there was a church body called the German Evangelical Lutheran Synod of Missouri, Ohio, and other states officially organized in Chicago at First St. Paul Lutheran Church. And there, those early gatherers within this new church body, April 26, 1847, began a journey wondering, what's the history of this church body going to be like? How many people will come to know Jesus through the organized efforts of what we're asking ourselves to do with the gospel? In 1877, on April 26, residents of Minnesota observed this date as a statewide day of prayer. Why? Well, they were asking for deliverance to the Lord from a plague of grasshoppers that had been ravishing thousands of acres of farm crops that year. They had a lot of questions on their hearts and minds. What are we going to do for food? How are we going to sell our crops to take care of our families? When are these locusts, are these grasshoppers going to go away? We cry out to the Lord with our questions. On April 26th, or somewhere around this date, in 1918, Christians in Russia began to be subverted 
in, for, in being forbidden to celebrate the Lord's resurrection on what we would come to know as communism. They no longer were able to celebrate what we're doing today, that Jesus celebrating that Jesus is alive. So in your Bibles, join with me in verses 13 and 14 as we join with the Emmaus disciples now in the word of the Lord from Luke. On this day, April 26, 2020, we hear that on that same day, there were two disciples going to the village called Emmaus, seven miles about that from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. These disciples in this 33 AD account of the resurrection of Jesus, 1521, 1847, 1877, 1918, us today, our conversations are revolving around, I wonder what's coming next. What do we do with these series of events that have impacted our lives? Where do we go from here? And we're told that as these disciples on the road to Emmaus, as they were walking along in verses 15 and 16, they talked and discussed these things with each other. And Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They didn't know it was Jesus who came along with them in their conversation, this daily journey. It, it, it even says there that they were, they were kept from recognizing him. In, that, in that, uh, that phrase, it means to be held back or restrained. It's like uh, the Holy Spirit was not allowing these disciples to fully grasp and comprehend Jesus was here among them. Doesn't that seem rather odd to you? Does it seem rather odd to you today that, that the Lord doesn't allow us to understand the fullness of what we're experiencing right now? I bet it did for those Minnesota residents. Why were they enduring a plague of grasshoppers? I bet it didn't. I bet that didn't make sense for those early gatherers of, in 1847. I wish we would know a little bit more of a plan, a map of where we're heading as a new church body. For Martin Luther, he had no idea what was going to happen to him. Wouldn't he have desired a little bit, Lord, just give me a little light at the end of the tunnel of where we're going. Our hearts cry out. Why, are, why Lord, are we, we kept hidden right now from, from where you're wanting to take us? You might say that these disciples on the road to Emmaus were, were at a crossroads. I don't know geographically if there was actually a crossroad from the ro on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But for them, emotionally, spiritually, faith-wise... It seems they were at a crossroads. And we know that because of the descriptions that are given to these disciples. They are sad, grieving. Their hearts are broken. That, that word downcast that Luke uses would summarize where these disciples are on this particular day because of the events that were going on in their lives. Does that describe you? Downcast? Sad, grieving, brokenhearted right now because of particular events that are being driven in your life outside of your control, like it was for these disciples? Are you longing for something to be known out of these events? For light at the end of the tunnel? Sure. 
We all are for various and different reasons. Our hearts are downcast as we see lives being taken by a virus and, and the loved ones of those family members not able to, to properly say goodbye, to even bury their dead. We see families split apart right now. They're not able to come together because they're quarantined, locked down in different places. We see jobs disappearing. We see families, finances, and households under difficult times right now. We see hearts and lives, spirits, downcast. We see people, maybe you're one of them, at a crossroad in life. But what's more than that, as this word explains for us, and as, as what Jesus sees and encounters in these disciples, there's even a deeper meaning to what's behind the description of these disciples being downcast. What's happened is that these disciples have allowed themselves as maybe you have as well. I know I have a little bit. I've, been, I've allowed myself to be sucked into what we might call the superficial hype concerning the events of the day. These disciples were all caught up in the emotional, superficial hype of what was going on that they had forgotten the truth that Jesus had explained to them while he was around. The Son of Man must lay his life down, and on the third day, he will rise again. They had forgotten that, and they had allowed the, the emotion of the day, all of the events concerning that weekend, they had let their guard down, taken over by emotion, by what other people were saying, and their faith was being driven by this superficial truth, rather than the depth of the truth of faith that Jesus has risen from the dead, and that the message of the women and Simon Peter of the angels is true as we declare it as people of faith. Friends, aren't these disciples of Emmaus, uh, disciples of Jesus on the road to Emmaus, aren't those disciples you and me as we live through these events? I might even surmise to say that the, the people of Minnesota and of that gathering at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and Martin Luther and, and in Russia are very much like you and me as well. As those disciples are a reflection of you and me, we see the Lord coming to them as we stand at this crossroad in life. What are we to do? How are we to respond, O oh Lord? And we get a little glimpse of why Jesus was hidden from them at this particular crossroad. You see, in verses 17 to 24, if you're in your Bible there, you'll see that the disciples were given a chance to air their downcast, grieving spirit to the Lord. Why they had come to this crossroad of faith. And they... they they poured out their spirit to the Lord, telling him all that they had experienced in this superficial kind of YouTube today hype of what was going on. And Jesus allowed them to air their grief. You know, if Jesus had revealed himself right away, they might not have had that opportunity to kind of spill their guts to the Lord, to exercise an aspect of faith that is the cathartic purpose 
of crying out to the Lord, I need help. I'm at a crossroad. And Jesus was there with them. And in verses 25 to 27, you'll hear also the reason behind, another reason why Jesus was hidden and kept from them. It was so that he could as Luke tells us, explain to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus opened up the scriptures to them. In fact, later on, they'll declare, hey, when Jesus was with us, didn't he open the scriptures to us? That's how they describe it. And some of you have expressed in in conversations that I've had with you, uh, these are a couple of the most envious people in all of Scripture, that they would spend a day walking with Jesus as he opened the truth of Scripture to them. You see, if Jesus had been revealed to them right away, he wouldn't have had the opportunity to open up all of the truth that now they had gained by walking those miles to Emmaus. Friends, maybe there's a glimmer of hope here for us. Why is Jesus not, and the, and the purpose of this pandemic and his presence among us, not being fully opened to us? Maybe he's giving to you and me an opportunity to exercise an aspect of faith and trust, a relationship in the Lord that we haven't had a chance maybe to exercise before or or ever. Maybe he's giving to us an opportunity to call upon him and, and to rely on him in ways that we haven't had to do for a while or ever. Maybe he's asking you to allow yourself to step back from the situation and the superficial hype and dive into the truth of the scriptures that's called you to faith, or even is calling you to faith today, to cry out to him as he's longing to be your Lord and Savior. Jesus, at this crossroad of life, reveal your truth to me. Call me into the truth of your kingdom and walk with me, and open the depth of the knowledge of your kingdom now in these days as we travel forward. Verse 29, Jesus gives us insight as to how the disciples got to experience the fullness of his grace. That when he went in to stay with them at the end of their journey, having come to Emmaus, when he was at table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Friends, does that not sound like the celebration of the Lord's body and blood and Holy Communion, the sacrament that he gives to us of of the Eucharist and their eyes were opened and they recognized him we'll come together again one day and and we'll celebrate his supper and and even then our eyes will be opened in new ways as this period of fasting among us comes to a close but even now as we hear the word and recognize what Jesus has done for those Emmaus disciples we know what he does for us He calls us by his grace into his kingdom and gives to us the fullness of that grace, opening our eyes. Even as he disappeared from their sight, we don't see him. But as Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's you and me. And these disciples asked one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us while on the road and opened the scriptures to us? 
You see these disciples who had moved from that crossroad now into the fullness of truth. These disciples like you and me recognize by faith who Jesus is. He's our Lord. He's my Savior. He's forgiven me where I have come from and put me on this path to where he wants me to go. Opening my heart to his truth that I might now reflect that truth in my living. That crossroad of Emmaus gives to us an opportunity to know the revealing work of Jesus every day then as we encounter our crossroads. Like those Emmaus disciples, ultimately it's so that we might encounter the living Lord here and now, today, and his presence is enough for what we're experiencing. To trust, to yield, to grow in, and to know the Lord. Friends, is this not our joy as walking our road? And so we find ourselves on this road of faith, a challenge, even joining in with those gone on before us who have encountered the Lord as we do too, moving forward, journeying in the destination as the Lord leads us. Maybe not fully comprehending and understanding where we're going, but knowing that the Lord is walking with us. Let me share a little bit with you of how we started today. Those Christians in Russia, on this day, April 26th, in 1992, celebrated the first Russian Orthodox Easter in Moscow for 74 years. <laughs> Those folks in 1918, they had no idea where they were going. But 74 years later, they celebrated Easter, the Lord's resurrection again, on this day in Russia. Those who lived in those 74 years maintained the faith. It was kept hidden from them of where they were heading. But like you and me, they trusted. They lived in faith. They walked in the Lord. Those residents of Minnesota in 1877 and those grasshoppers, when they had that day of prayer, that plague ended during the summer. And the prayer that first did not seem to work because in Minnesota, there were warm temperatures on that April 26th day. Over the next two days, those warm temperatures caused millions of grasshopper, grasshopper larvae to wiggle to life. And it might have seen then that this was no hope. But guess what happened? There was a plunge in temperature on the fourth day of their prayers. It froze and killed all those newborn grasshopper wriggler, wigglers and all the adult grasshoppers as well. And the Lord ended their plague. They had no idea where this was going to go. And even in the midst of the birth of those millions of new larvae, they had no idea how the Lord was going to work. And yet faith and trust, and calling upon him in prayer, they saw the hand and the work of the Lord. On April 26, 1847, a church body called the German Evangelical Lutheran Church of Missouri, Ohio, and other states, a hundred years later, would celebrate in 1947 the name changed which we know today, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Here we are today. A hundred years ago, from, 18, from 1947 to 1847, 
those early gatherers would have no idea how many lives would be impacted, how many nations, how many people, people like even you and me and others coming after us would be impacted by the gospel through the work of our church body. Thanks be to God. And as for Martin Luther, when he left that diet of worms, that assembly of the Holy Roman Empire in the German town of Worms, it would be about a month later, in May of uh, 1521 that Luther's teachings were formally condemned and a reformation would be flamed into action. A reformation of the church of which we know today the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ saved by grace through faith. Martin Luther he had no idea where life was taking him on that April 26th of 1521. Only the Lord did. But like Martin Luther and those disciples of Emmaus and us, we live in faith and we trust in the working of the Lord. In verses 33 to 35 of our gospel reading today, let's go back to the word as we end this time in the word of the Lord. We hear that these disciples, they, they got up after being revealed in the Lord's truth and they returned at once to Jerusalem and there they found the eleven and those with them. And those disciples proclaimed to those in Jerusalem, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. You know, those disciples, at the beginning of that day, they had no idea how their life was going to change. And they told what they had happened on the way when Jesus encountered them, how Jesus was recognized by them, and when he broke the bread, disappeared from them. Friends, we have no idea what's going to happen today. We only know our call. As those disciples of Emmaus, as your life and mine, to walk in faith and steadfastness, to trust the Lord, to call upon Him in prayer, to know the Lord is with us always as He has promised, and to allow Him to lead through this day. The one, Jesus, who has risen from the dead, who calls us to His kingdom, who walks with us and brings us through the crossroads of life. He's the one who has promised to be with us to the end of our days, bringing us even to everlasting life. May this Lord that you know, that we proclaim, may he lead us as his disciples to proclaim that good news of Jesus. We know it. The Lord has risen. He has risen indeed as we live it in our lives to his glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.